Hey, this is LGBTQ and A, where we get to know different members of the LGBTQ community. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and today I'm talking with Josh Allen from the TV show Empire. Stay tuned. Hey, Josh. Yo. How are you? Uh, good. Good. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome to our show. Um, I said earlier you're from the TV show Empire. I should specify that yeah, you write should, for we it. We should clarify. <laughs> I'm not on the show. I am is not that a cast Jamal? member. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's racist. Is being yeah, like, Jamal really is racist. here. Oh, we all God. look alike to you, apparently, Jeff. That's oh, good. totally fine. I'm glad we started out with that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice icebreaker. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all are writing season three right now? We are, yeah. Shooting oh shooting it, writing it, all that. Oh my god. Season three premieres, uh, can I say dates? Yeah. Oh, September 21st. Okay. So oh, in, this month. In a couple weeks from tomorrow, yeah. Oh my god. When you guys were first starting writing the show, did you have any idea what a massive hit it would be? No, not at all, because we actually wrote the first season in a total bubble, vacuum, whatever you want to call it, because um, we were done shooting it like right before we aired the pilot. You're kidding. So we wrote everything with no sense of anything. But no feedback at all. No feedback at all. But it, if you were living in a major city or watching any sort of Fox show, it was marketed to you really hard. So like for a time, like they'd even made it so that when you went on Yahoo's homepage, like all of the wallpaper was Empire. So... When the response came back, we were like, oh, well, good thing we marketed the hell out of the show because otherwise it would have been really embarrassing. We're like bombarding people with all these billboards and all these radio ads and TV spots and to not get any really good reception would have been really tragic. That's kind of amazing that as massive as the reception was, you didn't even, it didn't affect the writing at all because it was done. Like, usually that would make me get in my head. Right. No, totally. Um, And that happens with a lot of shows, I know, especially on... Um, well, actually, a lot of shows, not just broadcast, but cable as well. Um, by the time you're getting feedback on a certain episode, you are several episodes deep. So there's n- you don't have the chance to sort of go back and be like, oh, no, they hate that character. Uh, well, they're going to get a lot more of her. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. It, from the beginning, too, it's such a queer, friendly show. Um, yeah. Obviously, Jamal who you are not, as we specified. <laughs> um, but Tiana, when she was caught kissing girl. Oh, yeah. And it was not like, we need to hide this. It was like, oh, we can work with this. Yeah. I was like, that's a modern show. Yeah, it is. And we're we're trying to sort of point that up by not pointing it up, if that makes any sense. Yeah. We're trying to just have these people be who they are, be in the relationships that they're in, and not comment too much on it. Um, so I know that's a goal of mine specifically, uh, and I think that's shared by everybody that I write with. Yeah, totally. And I mean, speaking of Jamal, though, this is the only leading character on TV that I can think of that is black and gay. You might be right about that, because I can't think of another one myself. The only one I could think of is uh, Unsinkable uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, oh, a Titus. But a Titus. Un- yeah. Uh, uh, unbreakable. Unbra- but yeah. it's a supporting character. Yeah. Wow. You are young and black and gay like Jamal. Are you like the Jamal Whisperer? Thanks for the young. (laughs) It's young, gifted, and black. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep all these adjectives coming. You haven't messed up yet. Oh, good. Okay, good. We just started. Yeah. Um, So how much can we read into the this is your story? Oh, not at all. Really? Um, Yeah. Uh, Our creator 
uh, Lee Daniels, our co-creator, has said in many interviews that um, a lot of the characters, when he and Danny Strong, our other co-creator, came up with these characters, they sort of Im- 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 imbued them with their own sensibilities and their own experiences. Oh, really? Um, like, for example, the uh, trash can moment in the pilot of the show where uh, Lucius puts Jamal in the trash can in flashback as a little boy. That actually happened to Lee. Wow. Um, so that's, like, part of the DNA of the characters are the actual experiences of people like Lee. That's wild. Yeah. Was he also dressed up, like, in heels and, like a like, a headscarf at the moment? I'm not sure if that... I'm not sure if that's what precipitated okay. it. I just know that that is what happened. That is wild. Yeah. Now, now you're from Chicago. Is yeah, I'm originally from Chicago. Is it the South Side? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I ask because there's such like a negative perception of Chicago, especially the South Side. Yeah. Um, in the news, just this morning, I was reading that um, in 2016, there's already been over 500 homicides. Yeah. So I wonder, just like you grew up there, how would which you... is like twice the um, like. I hate to call it normal because to normalize it is to admit is to sort of admit defeat, which yeah. is not a thing you want to do. But yeah, it's like twice what has commonly happened. Yeah, so we have these point the like preconceived notions of it. But how would you describe it and like what it was like to grow up there? Um, you know, I think it was just such a fact of life that you weren't sort of walking around like a woodland creature. Like I took the bus to school and was like waiting on street corners for a bus. And, um, you know, I just was very blessed that nothing horrible like that ever happened to me or anybody. I was like super, super close to in my family. Um, but it is, it is a tale of two cities, the story of Chicago, because, um, I can count on one hand, the number of times I've been North of downtown and I was born and raised there. Um, so that it, if you go, you know, just north of downtown, River North, Gold Coast, really ritzy areas, and then above that into the north side, it's just a completely different experience. Demographically, physically, people up there just have no idea what it's like for people on the south side and on the west side. It's, and that's it's just... really strange. That's But that's been my experience of the city ever since I can remember. And is that just like a known fact? I think it's known. I just don't think it's really discussed very much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's pretty much known. Um, I don't know. I would have to meet people who are from up there and learn what their experience of Chicago is like to see if it's similar to mine. Were you out of the closet when you lived there? Uh, Well, I left Chicago when I was 16. So very barely out of the closet. Okay. I wondered just about, like, the queer community and how, like, visible or not it is there. Oh, um, yeah, it's pretty visible and it's pretty vibrant, but I never experienced it until I started visiting Chicago as an adult after I'd already left there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can't say that there were, like, all kinds of resources available for, like, young people who are coming out, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if you are a grown-up and you're coming to Chicago for work or vacation or whatever, like, you can get your gay on, you can play, you can be a part of the community that way, you can experience the community that way, but I really can't speak to right. So, so, so when you go now, I know you were shooting there. You yeah, our show shoots in Chicago, yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of, like, obsessed with the idea of, like, code switching. Do you feel mm. like you, like, butch it up when you're there? No, not really. Okay. I mean, thankfully, I... Our our the culture of our set certainly doesn't require me to do that, <laughs> and um, certainly not. And uh, 
I think the I feel safe enough in the part of the city that we're staying okay. in that like I I don't even think about it. Thank God. Oh wow, because I know that when I go home to North Carolina, I am cognizant of like not bringing my super skinny jeans. Oh wow. Yeah, and um, even like ordering coffee there, you know, like your voice drops a couple octaves, maybe yeah. an octave, but <laughs> you know it, it drops. So and what part of North Carolina are you from? It's Greensboro. Oh okay, yeah. I know where that is. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm told, like, right now that it's an incredibly liberal city and, like, one of the most, like, queer-friendly in North Carolina. Wow. But um, I have the same reaction you do. I'm like, what city? Yeah. <laughs> Greens, what? <sighs> wow. Um, on social media, you posted a story that seemed very, like, important to the trajectory of your life about a bullet that came through a window. Do you mind telling that oh, story? Oh, yeah. Um... I guess in the aftermath of, like, all these sort of high-profile, major uh, gun-involved moments in America recently, um, people were sort of sharing their stories, and I felt like I wanted to share mine just because, you know, you never know whose lives have been touched by what, you know, until something like what we've seen recently goes down. Um, So, yeah, I was not in my bedroom at the time. Um, but I came home and gosh, how old was I? I was maybe about 16. This this had to have been right around the time I was leaving Chicago. And I got into my room and it was winter time. I remember that because I was in my room and I was feeling like this draft. And I was like, this is weird. Like everything's closed. Like, why is there a draft coming through? Like my window's not open. I wouldn't have left my window open in the middle of winter. Um, And I looked and I saw like a hole in the window where air was coming through. And I was like, well, that's weird. Did like somebody throw a rock? Did somebody? And I was like looking around for a rock. Um, And then I looked at the like base of the windowsill because my window was double paneled. So I guess the bullet had like done some things and like didn't go all the way into the wall. Um, but then I, that's where I found it on the windowsill. Have, it had come through the window, and I still I have it to this day. I wow! It. Yeah, you, I can't. But there are a lot of people in Chicago for whom they're not out on the street, they're not out doing anything on tour. They're doing what they think is the right, safe thing, being in their home when it's after dark, and a bullet can still come through their window and kill them. Just stray bullets. You you said a lot. That happens quite frequently. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it is wild. I mean, I just... And I wanted to... Th- I had to ask, like, how can this, like, be... How can they let this happening? But then I'm reminded of the case of the kid who was shot, like, 16 times. And the police had the oh, video... Oh, McDonald. Laquan McDonald. Yeah. And they released the video, like, 11 months later. And it was, I think, 16 bullets within, like, 13 seconds. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I mean, some people chalk it up to, like, Al Capone, like, 1920s days when, like the city was bloody back then for a completely different set of reasons. And some people just say it's just like endemic to the culture of the city. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to fix it. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and pretend like I have answers. Right. It's just, it's a very unique place in America because even over the past, you know, 20, 30 years, as violence has trended down in our country, it hasn't in Chicago. Like, it's the only real major city left where things seem to be getting worse. Weird. I was thinking, too, over the summer, um, after Pulse happened, it was Mm, like a a grim time in our community, and then not even a month later, we had the two back-to-back shootings of unarmed black men. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about just, like, the grimness in our community, and then 
it must be just like doubly grim i would assume to like be like a queer person of color right now yeah you it you do start to think okay am i going to get shot for this reason or am i going to get shot for this reason it's kind of dark yeah. um like how are you but, doing uh you know you try not to think about i mean i speak from the eye josh i try not to think about it too much um which is both a valuable coping mechanism and also like i feel kind of crappy because i'm like oh am i like ignoring systemic issues of violence in the world but how could you but think like, about it every day and like live your life right i would you would have to put me in a straitjacket and like put me up somewhere because i would just be in a screaming rage yeah yeah I mean, do you have like self care regimens? Or... <laughs> no, I mean, I'm <laughs> no, like I'm serious. Like, it's gonna be used as evidence, like when I'm <laughs> when I'm discovered with like a bloody knife in my hand after like a, a vicious rampage. They're gonna be like, well, he was on LG, he was on AfterBuzz, warning everybody that the rage was always there. This is the right under the surface. Yep. Yeah, turn this over to the authorities. Uh, no, I I mean, I'm doing, I'm just taking it day by day, like anybody else. You know, yeah. When you left Chicago at sixteen, was that because of like the violence in the city, or no? That was actually I moved to LA to go to school. So oh, you went to college at sixteen? Uh huh. Oh, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it was it was okay. I just I wouldn't recommend it necessarily because you know no matter how um, you know mature you are for your age or no matter where you are academically like there's still there's a big difference just developmentally between 16 and 18 there really is yeah that space of two years doesn't sound like a lot in hindsight but you know we weren't secreted away somewhere like we were in the honors dorms so like we were with the nerds but they were still nerds that were of age oh it was a group of 16 year olds uh yeah so it was a it was an early entrance program so like every year they take 30 kids who are like over it in high school (laughs) and they they admit them to usc and they treat them like regular freshmen and all of that wow at 16 you are like less mature than an 18 year old but also visually you just look like you're like 11 yeah no I they must looked, have thought like elementary schoolers were like wanting around. Yeah, I looked ridiculous. <laughs> did you? I mean, so then you like missed out on that college experience of like, did you not? No, I actually don't. I mean, there are very few things I feel like I missed out on because, you know, if I had wanted to, you know, drink and smoke up and all that other stuff, if yeah. I wanted to do that, it was certainly available anywhere you went. You know, I was just kind of like still such an. So maybe, I, you know what, I'll revise that. Maybe I did miss out because I, I certainly felt like such like still a high school student yeah. and very much a square, like an L7. Like I was like, I just want to do my homework. What do you mean it's 10 o'clock and you're going out? Like I didn't understand the concept of like it being 10 o'clock and like you leaving to go somewhere. Like I, why would you leave your dorm? It's ten o'clock. That's so yeah. late. So, so you got to college at sixteen. When yeah. did you did you like go to parties that year? Like, did, was it later in the college? It, that was later in the college okay. experience. Do you remember how old you were? Uh, like right around junior year. So I was like eighteen, nineteen. I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> What have I been missing out on? Like, oh, I like this. This is super fun. Oh, but then you're a junior this and you is, can't go this to the bar. This is alcohol? <laughs> this is what we call this? this Why do I have a hangover? jungle juice? But see, back then, like, hangovers were not a thing. Like, I remember senior year, um, we had this we had this uh, thing every year called DROM. I was a theater major. And it was a, an amalgam of the words drama and prom. 
So Drum was like every year had a theme and you would dress up and like go somewhere. So one year at Drum, I proceeded to get just obliterated. The next day, woke up, um, ate breakfast and went to Disney Disneyland. Like rode in the teacups, like had a great time. <laughs> Like, there was zero hangover. And I was like, oh, right, you can do that when you're 20. That is so funny. Yeah. So you went to school in L- USC? Mm-hmm. Oh, so were people coming up to, like, West Hollywood to, like, go to gay bars? Yeah, they were, actually. Oh, but so you couldn't go? Or did you ever go? No, yeah. I mean, oh, this sounds so silly, but, like, back then, um, like, you could go, like, I was 19, like, in the Abbey. Like, oh, you could just funny. go in there. Like, there, it wasn't what it is now with, like, people standing, but, like, huge security standing by the gates and all of that. You oh just go in there. It was just, like, a place, like, a restaurant, essentially, and bar. And they had, like, cabanas in the back, and it was all, like, cute. Oh, my God, the good old days. Yeah. Occasionally, like, if a, if a, if a like, door guy was bored and nobody was coming in, he'd sort of do a lap, and if anybody really looked underage, he'd yeah. card them. But that happened so rarely. Oh, my God. My first time going out in West Hollywood, it was uh, Tiger Heat at 11, which is now gone. But um, by coincidence, it was Whitney Houston's birthday, and they only played Whitney Houston. And my friend nice. and I were like, oh, my God, do gay bars only play Whitney Houston? <laughs> like, that's awesome. The best ones do. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we move off of Chicago, uh, and we're talking about, like, the negative perception, do you have, like, tell me something good about it. Like, do you have, like, a favorite memory of growing up there? Oh, yeah. I mean, the lakefront is amazing we actually have beaches in chicago people don't realize that sometimes there are beaches and they're called beaches and like in the summertime you go there and you like play volleyball and you do all the beachy things because lake michigan is so massive that it feels like you're on the ocean like it affects our weather like it is huge so so to me though a beach is only the oceans but to chicago people the beach is a lake Mm -hmm. okay that's not right and we call them beaches yeah um I mean, I, I, I love Chicago. It has some of the... If you're really looking to get fat, Chicago is the place for you. Like, there is no... Like, no one there has heard of gluten. Like, we don't know what that is. Like, I had to move here to figure out what gluten was. Uh, and now you're allergic to it. And, right. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, it's just wheatgrass and birdseed <laughs> for me. Um, yeah. The people are really... The energy of the people is very much... Okay like a Midwestern small town, but you have everything available to you that's in a big city. Yeah, I really, I love, I mean, despite the issues that that city has, it's a really great place to be from. I love that. I love being from there, yeah. That's great. Um, This is going to sound like a gross question, but with diversity being like quote unquote trendy in Hollywood right now, Yeah. are you profiting from that, like your career? Oh, this is interesting. I'm going to take a sip before I go. Oh, please. Um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like a show like Empire would not have happened X number of years ago. So in that sense, yes, I feel like we are all winning though. You know, the more that these, the more that diverse stories get told that actually represent what America is, like we, we, we all win. Absolutely. Do you have projects on your own that you're working on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, But I guess you mean like, have I, has my, has my career benefited personally? That's what you were going for. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think because like, it like sounds nasty, but like when these things happen, you like have to take advantage of it and like not feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
it's interesting. I have had people say to me, um, other writers, uh, other television writers, you know, it's just so hard to get staff this year because, you know, I'm just white guy. <laughs> I'm like, well, here's what's not going to happen in this conversation. I am not going to be feeling bad for you. So if that's where you're headed, you can probably stop that now. Right. Like, I'm not going to engage in like, oh, it, I, it's hard for you. Like, we, you know, we're all just out here trying to make it. And so I'm. you cannot blame you not being diverse for why you don't have a job right now. Like, that's not on my watch. You're not going to do Absolutely. That. Yeah. And speaking of getting jobs, you went to Juilliard. Does having Juilliard on your resume, have that opened more doors for you? Um, I don't know. I, I can't say. I try not to bring it up. So I don't know if my agent is bringing it up. I don't know. But um, Oh, I would think it'd be like the opening like <laughs> statement. Oh no! Like Josh it, from Juilliard. No, it feels it's kind of well. I don't know. It, it makes me feel a little slimy. Um, I don't know why. Like I just like I would just not lead with that because to a lot of people it's like first of all uh, the question is usually oh I didn't know you played an instrument and I'm like well they have more than music there and then the next question is oh that's where Julia Stiles got into and in saved the last dance right and I was like yes yes in that film she did but they also have a drama division um, and they have a playwright program, which is what I did. Uh, so Wait, are, I, do they not know that Juilliard has these programs or they don't think a black man could be in them? Oh, no, I think it's the former. I think really? they, I think I think for a lot of people, they hear, Ju- even in the entertainment industry, they hear Juilliard and they think music first. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! Despite Say the last the dance that, is such a like specific description too. Yeah, despite the fact that like a lot of drama alumni have gone on to very illustrious careers. Oh, I think of like all of them. Yeah, if they graduate, most of them are like poached before they graduate. Yeah, I mean, I just think some sometimes when you're in meetings out here, people just don't. They're they're not sort of keyed into like theater or New York or I mean I've, it's getting better at least in my experience I'm meeting savvier people yeah uh, but initially when I would go on meetings like I'd bring up Juilliard and people would be like oh so like violin, violin. and I'm like no you're like no I violin. only write violin narratives yeah exactly <laughs> do you feel obligated to include queer characters in your stories oh that's a good question I do not really um I hope I don't catch heat for that, um, but whatever. Um, no, I don't. I think I feel like if I'm thinking about a character, I kind of know right away whether or not that character is gay, and I wouldn't want to impose... To me, that's its own form of tokenism. If I'm looking at something I'm writing going, wait, no one's gay, then like any any gay character I'm putting in there is not organic to whatever I'm doing. So then that is its own kind of weird yeah. thing that I'm like imposing on my project just so my project can be diverse or so that my project can represent me. I feel like there are a lot of ways in which your art can represent you and you know, your sexuality, your ethnicity, your race, those are just sort of, I don't know, external surface ways which are important but I think also I have viewpoints and I have fears and I have desires that I feel like I could represent through characters no matter 
what stripe they are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I guess too, like a lot of like older movies have like a gay sensibility that you relate to. Like I myself don't need to see a young, young, um, like white queer character on screen in order like to relate to them. Right. Like Orange is the New Black, I'm obsessed with and I'm not on that show. Like there's not someone like me. No, there's a reason that like, when you say like, older movies there's a reason why like certain movies like Mommy Dearest have like a huge gay cult following yeah because like that is that movie is just talking to of us of course like did, did you have a, like a Mommy Dearest when you were growing up like a movie like that yeah it was Mommy it was Dearest. Mommy Dearest yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay that and like whatever happened to Baby Jane are just just like women and I think there's a certain there's a certain there's something attractive to like uh like a young gay man coming of age to watch like a woman just come unhinged. Like I think there's just something whether it's like Baby Jane or like J- the actual Joan Crawford played by <laughs> Faye Dunaway. Like there's just something about the camp of watching that that I think is forever going to be appealing. I agree, and I can't name why that is. Yeah, I don't know either. Like it, it, like we do like campy, and the, it's like it, like the drag queens. The, like right, it's like the, the drag of it all. Yeah. yeah, like that perform like Faye Dunaway's performance is high drag. <laughs> like that is drag. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's true. We were talking earlier about like the queer sensibilities, like overt and not that Empire has. Was yeah. that like Lee's intention from the get-go? Yes. Um, he is a provocateur for sure. Like he wants he wants to give you an OMG moment. He wants not just because he wants like tweets and clickbait and all of that, but he wants to make people uncomfortable. He wants to unsettle people. Okay. And that even comes like background characters, like in um one of their little posses, there was like an androgynous looking like woman. Oh yeah, um, um, that, her name. I fr- I think you might be talking about Chicken, who's played is by Asmarie. She's dating Raven Um Where they were? I don't know the status of that. Okay, sure. Well, that's yes, that's the person I was talking to. At one point, <laughs> she dated her. <laughs> um, but it was just cool to see somebody who did not have to be queer as cast in that role. Yeah, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Versus, like, well, we've got a Jamal. Like, check it off the list. We're good. Yeah. Same no, thing. She's a wonderful character. Yeah, totally. Same thing, I guess, with like the mental illness. Like, was that Lee Daniel being like, throw yeah, it in there? That that was that was in the pilot from the beginning before I joined the show. So um, that was another issue that um, I think they knew they wanted to hit, especially because we're dealing with a family of color. Yeah, and in communities of color, mental health issues are often swept under the rug or not taken seriously or you know those kinds of frank conversations tend not to happen as much you know and are you saying that mental illness exists in the black community I am saying yes breaking news I think this is an exclusive yeah yeah you heard it here first god fascinating okay I have one more question for you yeah on twitter Yes. You describe yourself as an unironic knitter. Oh, yes. How did you get into knitting? Um, so when I was in college... Uh, oh, it's been a while. Uh, yeah. No offense. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's been a year and a half. Um, when I was in college, one of the classes they made you take as a theater major was uh, History of World Theater. And it was two semesters, a fall and a spring semester. Um, our teacher was amazing, but sometimes, you know, depending on how your day was going... It was a lecture, and so if you were tired, you didn't want to nod off. Um, And it wasn't really the kind of class where note-taking was, like, of prime importance. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
my friends and I would sit in the back and we like started knitting to stay awake. Um, and then it got fun. And then I started giving things away as gifts because I was like, oh, I'm in college. I have zero dollars. Like, how can I? And people like people like people in my family went nuts. They were like, oh, this is way better than any kind of like bracelet you could have bought at Macy's. Like this is because this is like a unique one of a kind thing. Um, so I got really good at scarves. I got really good at uh, dish towels. I got really good at anything rectangular. I was a really, I was, I mastered it. Beyond that, we had some challenges. That but is it's so not, funny. I'm not doing it to be a hipster. Like I just liked to do it. I love that. Um, this was so much fun. Thank you. Oh, of course. This was, this went by in a flash. Easy, right? Yeah. Um, if anybody wants to like check you out online, like where should we direct them? Like your Twitter or like where do you prefer? Sure. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at at Josh of Anarchy. Oh, why Anarchy? Um, one of my co-workers <laughs> on Empire actually, I didn't join Twitter until about three months before the show premiered. Oh. Because we were talking about live tweeting and I hadn't been on Twitter. I didn't really tweet, yeah. twit, I don't even know. Um, but I was like, okay, I have to join Twitter because I have to start tweeting yeah. on behalf of the show. Um, and so I was like, what should my Twitter handle be? And there was like a pause, and then like one of my coworkers from across the table goes, it should be Josh of Anarchy. And I was like, done. <laughs> I didn't even think twice about it. That's the writer's room coming up with that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, so Twitter at Josh of Anarchy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1. We'll see you next week. Until then, you can find all of our stuff on iTunes, on YouTube, and of course, AfterBuzzTV.com. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 